Hi, and welcome to Unlimited, the podcast platform that gives voice to remarkable mothers and women from the Arab world to inspire, engage, and drive growth. In Unlimited Perspective series, we welcome inspiring women and mothers who embrace life with innovative perspectives and whose missions and achievements are making a mark. Joining us today for this new episode is Dunya Fadi, CEO of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Core Properties. Dunya Fadi is bringing us her 15 years experience in the Dubai real estate marketplace, where she has differentiated herself from the competitors by thinking outside the box, by building a dedicated and loyal team, and most of all, by putting the client's needs first. Featured by Forbes as a business leader and recently awarded Property Finder of the Year, Dunya is known for her ability to empower people and to promote women, not just within her organization, but throughout the real estate community and beyond. So, let's hear Dunya's stories and her perspective on the real estate market. Hi Dunya, and welcome to Unlimited. Hi Daniela, thank you for having me. Dunya, you've been in Dubai for most of your life, so let's start with a typical Dubai question. Where are you from and what brought you to Dubai? So, I am from Morocco, Casablanca in particular. I came to Dubai in 2005. Uh, I finished my high school. I did one year after that and I came for holiday with family um, and I fell in love with Dubai. I started exploring universities. I had friends who worked at the stock uh, market and living independently and I was very um, tempted to do the same. So at that time, the real estate market was booming. So I have decided to start looking for a job there and I got the job. So. Wow, that was quick. So you signed up at university and found a job in a matter of what, a um, couple of weeks, a month. And by the way, English wasn't even your first language, right? Coming from Morocco. I mean, I, I think it was literally two weeks. I went to AUD. Then I um, went to Knowledge Village. I checked Middlesex University, Wollongong, and then I uh, got admitted into uh, Middlesex University. I got uh, acceptance letters, a letter from them. I did my interview with my basic English at the time. And also I applied for three jobs at three companies. Uh, and I got a reply from two uh, in a matter of a week. And I started with one of, the, I picked one of them and I started literally in like September 3rd. I was on the job. Well done. And what job was it? It was a real estate consultant. Uh, at that time, if you remember 2003, 2004, it was when they announced the freehold markets. You can own a property here. Expats can own a property. So there was a lot of construction going on. Imar has just come about with the springs and meadows and greens. They were all built very nice new communities. And then they were building even more. Um, so that was really moving industry at the time. And I decided to, to, do, to go with it. And it really paid off. Wow, and that was just the beginning of your career in real estate. How has been the following 15 years? It's been, uh, I would say, amazing, exciting and challenging as well. It's not easy at all. Uh, maybe at the beginning, there was less people, less competition. It's been, it's been a very exciting journey. I've started, of course, like I told you, from the bottom up. And I have become sales manager in like a matter of a year and a half. Then I kept climbing up the ladder within that same company, managing director and then CEO. Um, then after that, 10 years uh, later, I had my own company for three years, uh, which called MD Properties. It was a second branch within the GCC. Um, I managed that for three years. I had the really top of the line uh, team. 
and uh, operations. And hence, when Berkshire Hathaway Home Services came to Dubai to open their uh, franchise here, I was um, contacted and I was very excited. As, as you all know, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services is such a renowned name. Um, so I was very, very excited and I, because I was like, after my own company, I was like, okay, what's next? And the market was always challenging. Um, and then that came and I, it scared me, but it excited me at the same time. I didn't know if I would be up to the job. I, would not, I didn't know if I would be fair, having family and work. I always worked having a family, but this was like, okay, it's a big responsibility and I have to take that responsibility. Um, so yeah, and they asked me to join them. I had my own company, so we decided to merge the companies. And like, again, I think I don't waste time. That's my nature. So again, in a matter of uh, two, three weeks, we were one company already. I had my staff move. I told my staff the exciting news. They were super happy. Um, that's it. And then we decided to move and I took care of all the paperwork and the cancellation for my own, you know, license and everything as I worked with them. And it has been amazing so far. Uh, we've already made our trip to the U.S. We've been talking to our U.S. Uh, network, Europe. Um, currently, the company Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Network has 1,500 offices worldwide. Wow. So imagine the effort I had to put to speak to everyone to reach out to everyone. And I was so excited about Dubai and what Dubai can offer. And everyone is very, they were very um, curious to learn more, but they, they didn't have, or they didn't know how. So I offered help. I offered uh, coming to the US and doing events to explain and to showcase um, the beauty of Dubai and the opportunities that Dubai can offer. So I already actually started in the middle of the Corona when it's uh, when the COVID nineteen hit, um, I had to go for we had to go me myself and the CEO for a conference that's uh, annually arranged by uh, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Network, and we were like six thousand of us. I didn't want to miss this year, despite the fact that it was held in Nashville, and there was apparently, if you remember, there was a hurricane that hit no. Nashville just that same week. We booked our tickets. And then we had um, the Corona news started becoming more scary and scary. But at the time, there were like 129 cases in the U.S. So I was like, listen, if I don't do this now, then I have to wait one more year to meet all my colleagues on the other side of the world. So we're going to do it. Let's just do it. So in, in fact, we went for one week and we took five flights during that crazy time. It was between March 7th and March 14th. It was such an amazing experience to stand there and just speak how this beautiful uh, place had developed and what opportunities it offers. And, um, and people don't know about it still, you know, people still are learning about it. And they were so positively impressed with whatever and everything that Dubai had to offer with the expo, with, with everything, with the ease of doing business. So I was, and I was, because I love Dubai, you could see it through me and they were able to feel that love that I have for Dubai and yeah it was an amazing evening then next day took a flight I was so happy to see an Emirates plane and came back home safely before just the lockdown happened. Well we're glad that you managed to get back home just in time and safe and sound before the lockdown. Now looking backwards why do you think that uh, Berkshire Hathaway chose you Dunya Fadi among of I'm not saying more experienced but let's say more um, seasoned professional out there 
what do you think that made you stand out? Okay, well, we'll have to go back and ask them, but uh, <laughs> I, the CEO, the CEO uh, of the uh, Gulf Properties office here, I asked him, I said, uh, how did, he said, I saw you talking at a conference in 2015. In 2015, I, I participated in a, in a panel discussion during the uh, Cityscape uh, Global Conference. Um, and I was the only, again, only woman in the panel. There were like four men and the moderator and myself. And that was my very first public speaking experience ever. I was shaking. I was out of breath. And I even messaged my husband because he's, part, he's, in, the, he's in the TV business and all. And he's so confident. And I messaged him. I said, listen, I can't breathe. I am scared. And this is, I can't do this. And there were like thousands of attendees. I mean, the Cityscape uh, Global Conference is a, such a success, success that has everybody from everywhere. So I spoke at that event and eventually, and he just told me, he said, breathe and everything will go well. You're amazing. I said, okay, thank you. Then, and it's true. Everything went super well. Um, I'm a little upfront when I speak about issues that we face in our industry um, and I always am trying to help and find solutions. And also I did speak about some issues that were at the time, uh, upon us. And a lot of people appreciated that, appreciated honesty and being transparent. So I really, um, I was happy that I had that experience. And he mentioned that he said, I saw you in 2015 speaking at that, uh, conference. And at the time I also had the company. I was uh, the CEO of a company, not, sorry, I uh, was the managing director still of a company that had, we had 65 employees. So he was like, how is this girl doing all of this? So that, that's what he told me. That's his story. But if you ask me why for myself, because I think I've been working hard. I have never compromised on, on my honesty and transparency while during my entire journey. So I think it's, it's, the reputation of the person as well that you've built throughout your career and um, your values that you stand for. And that's, that's I think, what, uh, what got him. And he said, yeah, I've been following your journey throughout and I've seen how you climbed up the ladder and how you grew your personal brand uh, throughout the years. And that was very pleasing to hear, to be honest. I couldn't believe it. I'll be very honest with you. I, um, sometimes we're too hard on ourselves and we don't, we are too judgmental for our, I'm at least, I'm like, oh, but I'm not giving enough here and I'm not giving enough here and I want to kill myself in order to make everybody happy. And I couldn't believe it when uh, such a big brand, and I actually was happy when they came to, to the market before even I knew the person. I was very happy and I thought this was a huge vote of confidence for the market in Dubai, um, a huge step towards success. And I praise them and I welcome them. And little that I know that I'll be working with them. So That's wonderful, Dunya. These are actually the stories that we love to tell here at Unlimited. Stories about hard work, honesty and transparency. So when did you realize that you had a voice and that your voice was heard? Well, it's from 2005 till then, I had a lot happen. You know, I, uh, I was working. Uh, I met my husband got married, had two kids, kept working. And then I took little time in between. It was 2009 and 10 that I took off because I was pregnant. 
and I had a baby. That was the first time. Um, and also there was the recession. So there wasn't much happening in the market. So when I, I decided in 2011 to go back to the workplace, again, I didn't know how am I going to fit it back in. I, I wasn't sure. So I said, okay, let me just go back and I will just uh, do sales. You know, I went back to the company that I co-founded in 2006. And I said, listen, I understand there's management in place. I'm just going to take a sales job. I'll sit in a cubicle. I'll do what I do best, you know. And uh, so what happens at the time, I, I, I was working. Of course, this is a company I co-founded. It's like a family. It's like my home. So I kept monitoring things around me, observing things. I wasn't happy with what was happening. I went to my friend. I said, listen, do you know what's going on on your floor? Do you know what your business is lacking? This, this. He said, help me. I said, well, I'm not sure because I have kids and I can't do this. He said, no, no, on your, on your own schedule, help me. I said, okay, let me go back. And I, and I took on operation manager. So I fixed all the operations, all the CRM. I put in new CRM. I put in new, I won't bore you with the details, but I, I revamped everything. Then I took on when I was done with the operation. And I remember I used to sit till 12 o'clock at night, making the forms and making everything. In fact, just Last week, I found the paper that had all the points that I wanted to change, and I kept it as a... You should frame it, yes. Yeah. So I'm, when I finished with operation, and while I was still doing my sales, yeah, I did not give up my sales because that was paying my... I mean, it, it was a joy for me, you know, and I'm making a lot of money out of it. So I finished with operations. He gave me the operations manager's title. I finished with that. I, he moved me to development manager, which mean, meant going to developers and signing up um, projects and growing, you know, the business uh, avenue. And then when I finished with that, the then was managing director decided to leave. And he came to me and he said, you need to become the managing director now. I said, well, I can't. I just fixed everything. Let me go get on with my sales and my life. No, 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 you need. And I said, okay, I have some conditions. You get involved your with your business and you don't change decisions. So he said, okay, no problem, whatever you want. Then I said, okay, I came to my husband. I spoke to him. I said, listen, I might have to work a little bit more than I used to. He said, I'm sure you will make it work. You've always made it work. I'm sure you work out something. And exactly, I remember the office was in uh, Golden Diamond Park. I would take my kids. Uh, at that time, my son started nursery. So I would go drop off my son, drop off my daughter in the school because she started school Lunchtime, I'll go pick them up. I will ask the nanny to take Metro, come to Golden Diamond Park. There were apple seeds at the time there. They offer very good classes for the kids. Love it. I would ask her to come to take the Metro from the marina, come to apple seeds. I would drop off the kids to her. She would have already the lunch and everything with her. My office is just like two, 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 two steps from apple seeds. It was next door. So they will be there taking extra classes and having fun. They love that place. Um, Sometimes we'll leave early, come home. If not, if I have any meetings or stuff, there was again another coffee shop there. So at six o'clock, we will give them dinner. At the co I'll come down, give them dinner there and just go home, change, bathe, ba uh, bed. That's it. That was my schedule. And I was mm -hmm. so happy. I worked around it and I made it happen. So the highlight was that in 2014, after I became the managing director of this company, how would I say? We were recognized as a top three real estate brokerage in Dubai. 
after two very, very big names, you know, they were there for many years. Uh, we were top three and it was no influence. There was no many branches, no nothing. It was just us and our operation. And I was so proud. It was such a surprise. It was during Cityscape that uh, the Byland department announced this out of the blue. And we went and received the award and it was such a, that, is, that was the aha moment. I was like, okay, the, you know, I, people are watching, people are seeing what we're doing and I'm very, very happy. And that's it. And that, from there on, there was award after award and uh, being invited to panels and discussions. Um, I, I participate in a lot of think tanks at the uh, Dubai Land Department as well to talk about issues and challenges and give opinions. So that, that's it. And that's when I realized there was something there. And that was the difference. Now, you mentioned uh, 2008, how there were issues and challenges back then. And we know that there are issues and challenges nowadays. So do you think it's correct to make a comparison between these two phases? And if not, why not? A lot of people at the, at the beginning of the pandemic, they were referring quickly to 2008. But after some times, we realized that this is not another 2008, not for us, not for the rest of the world. Why? Because this is one, this is a global uh, pandemic and this has affected everyone and all lives, uh, no matter where you are. This is not only the financial sector that got hit, like in 2008, it was mortgages, inflation and then mortgages that caused the collapse of the financial markets. This, this is like, it's different in its all meanings. The things we experienced in 2008 were, okay, drop in prices, massive drop in prices, uh, property prices at the time. We're talking 50, 70%. People leaving Dubai, leaving their cars. And we all heard the story. This is not new. Um, what I would say is different now is, like I mentioned earlier, the population is almost double. A lot of people made this place home, uh, more businesses, a uh, variety of industries. And if you look at the prices from, from after the recovery uh, in 2011, 12, 13, we saw a recovery post the recession. And then in 2014, we saw another correction happening in the market due to the Russian ruble going down, due to the regional uh, situation. Uh, So the, mark, the prices have already started adjusting automatically. Since 2014, we are seeing a correction in prices. And in 2019, prices were already, and um, there was a bubble index made worldwide, and it showed Dubai at a very un, like fair-valued uh, uh, position. So there was no inflation. There was no bubble to burst at the time if anything happened. And we are experiencing this now because I can tell you if you if I when I have my meeting with my team, all they tell me is we've got offers, but the sellers are holding on to their prices. They're not willing to drop. So the, the buyers are interested because they think, oh, this is prices and we're going to get the best price. But the sellers are saying, no, they're already at a great value. And that's what I want. If I don't get it, I'm not selling. Um, so this is one element that is different. In 2008, we had inflation. In 2019-20, we don't have any inflation in prices. Um, maybe in some other sectors, we do have a little bit of high cost, but not in, uh, not in the property market. So if you compare it with the rest of the world, we're still at a good value. Their ROIs or the rental yields are really good, um, which are, they were number one reason to attract international investors. So this, was, this is one thing. Second thing is people couldn't leave, of course. 
So they had to sit here, think, solve their problems. And many people are not, some people will have to leave because of job loss and stuff, but people who could ride this five, six months till things get better will remain in Dubai and would love to, to have Dubai, you know, as a home for the rest of, for whatever years they decide. So the third aspect I would say that is different from 2008 uh, is the strict regulation that is in place right now, because before we did not have it. Uh, just around 2007 and 2008, uh, real estate uh, regulatory authority has come uh, into place and had regulated the investors, the developers, the buyers, the tenants, the real estate agencies. So everybody is now under huge scrutiny before they do anything. So any project, you only pay through escrow. Sorry. Um, brokers, they have to be registered. Tenancy contract problem, you have the RDC to go and, you know, the rental dispute center to sort your problem. Um, no money can be paid directly to someone who could just pack his bags and leave. So all of these things have been taken care of as a consequence of what happened in 2008. So you're not going to fall in that uh, problem now. Yes, will projects delay or not? That is something, again, we shouldn't be too worried because all your payments are linked to the level of construction. Because when you pay into an escrow, when you buy from a, develop, from a developer and you pay into an escrow, you only pay as per the construction progress. So if that developer decides don't, they don't have money to pay the contractor, they won't come after you to pay because RERA will not approve it because they have not reached the, the required level of construction to ask you for the next payment. So at this stage, what tips do you have for whoever is entering in the property market, whether there are buyers, sellers, or even agents? For Let's start with the sellers. Sellers have to be sure why are they selling, because this is a question. Some of them come to the market to test the market, and then pull back or continue. Um, I would say you have to look at your finances. If your property is rented and getting you an income right now, and you don't have any short-term need of cash um, to support your business or any other things, then keep that property and wait until things recover. If some people, because they're, they're pressed to, buy, to sell because they have to support their businesses that businesses were not doing, uh, are not doing so well, yeah, they have to sell, you know? So I would say to the Mr. Seller, work with your broker, and try to find the middle ground for a good price, good selling price, so you can have a buyer and not waste your time and put your property there. Don't aim too high and don't aim too low either. It's just that you need to, to, to be informed about the market uh, situation and the price that actually people are willing to pay. For buyers, I would say same thing. If you have stability in your job, if you have a business that's had flourished because we heard of so many businesses as well that did so well because of COVID-19. I was just reading this morning that uh, Gibson, uh, Gibson's have hired 400 people. And that was such a good news, right? Nice. Uh, and I'm sure Amazon did the same thing and other uh, businesses did the same thing. So if your business is stable, if your income is stable and you're paying rent and high rent, this is, this is a perfect time to buy as well because you don't want to be... Uh, paying the rent all your life. Plus, if you don't have the full cash, the banks are offering the best interest rates, the lowest we have seen uh, since the inception of freehold and buying of property in Dubai. So I would say go for it. You know, just again, consult with your broker, a good one, a registered one that will advise you and listen to your requirements and cater to that and not just to make a quick sale. 
to Asians, I would say to the existing ones, I would say, please continue working hard. If this is the career you want for yourself, there is still opportunity. There are still deals happening. There are still clients who need your help and uh, guidance. So you just have to reinvent. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, but you have to adapt to what's happening. You know, I mean, I just heard yesterday from one of our advisors, she managed to close the rental through a Zoom in four hours. Client sitting in Abu Dhabi, she went to the villa, showed them the villa on a Zoom. They don't know the community. Uh, she showed them the garden. She drove around the community with Zoom. And that's it. And it was a deal done. Amazing. So, amazing. I Imagine the efficiency, all time all efficiency. I was, I was very happy. And I told her, I said, you should share it with the world to see how things are changing. So I would say to the old brokers, adapt. You have to adapt. And you have to work hard. And you have to invest in the customer care. And you have to invest in your relationships. And you have to keep nurturing that. For the new agents, I would say, if you were to jump into this industry now, you have to at least have some savings because you can't make money right away. You'll have to learn any, any, at any time, not only at the pandemic, but even before, if anyone comes and says, I want to take this job as a new career, I would say have some savings on the side so you're not under stress because you want to learn, you want to meet clients, you, you don't want to reflect that stress and anxiety when you're meeting with the client, you know? Um, so and learn you have to be equipped with good skills you have to work with a reputable company uh, you have to have a good mentor um, and you have to be sure of your skills you have to really grow your sales skills your communication skills your negotiation skills so you really have to be a sales job is not as easy as everyone thinks sales job you really have to wear a lot of hats uh, at the same time you're a financial advisor you're a negotiator you are uh, a broker because you're trying to find the right property and you are also a customer service uh, individual. Apart from that very first event back in 2015 that you already referred to, is there any other panel or seminar that you feel um, made an impact and helped you becoming the person that you are today? Uh, every, every seminar or every event I had attended I always would like to have my voice heard, to be honest. Even in class, I remember as a kid, I always would interrupt the teacher and be the one who would talk. And I still have that habit, unfortunately, till now. Um, but every seminar, the challenge was, it, wasn't, it was a challenge and not a challenge because my industry is male-dominated. And it's been for a while. Now we are seeing more women uh, participate in that. So every panel I have attended, um, or every any meeting that I would go to 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 brainstorm or do anything, I'll have all men. It's like all black suits, and I'm the only girl uh, in the in the meeting. Did that intimidate me? Yes, to some extent. But did it give me more um, uh, more will to 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 show them what a woman can do and what a girl, little girl, can can uh, can get bring on the table? Absolutely, yes. And I would hold my breath and I would talk and I would argue and I would debate and I would just to show the world that, you know, women, no matter what, even if it is just, um, even if it is a male-dominated uh, industry, women has a, play, has a place. And after that, I started attending more and more events. Even I attended one about construction, women in construction. I was like, okay, wait, what I'm dealing with is nothing. They have to listen to these women's stories about the construction and the... Uh, their work so every woman in somehow 
will face a problem, will face challenge. But it's how you handle the challenge or how you look at that challenge. It's either you look at it as a challenge that you want to overcome or you put, look at it as a challenge that's going to put you back. And that's not in my books. That's, I would never take that. And this reminds me of one of uh, your latest projects about creating a community of women in real estate. Can you tell us a bit more about this? Yes. So I have been uh, taunting with this idea of, uh, again, going back to the same idea of whenever I am invited to, uh, even now during Zooms, when I join some uh, Zoom calls for talking to the government or something, I'm the only woman again. Uh, in uh, in the call. So when I had to arrange a call myself with the government, I made sure I balanced it. I brought, it was me and two other ladies and I brought like, there was four or five men still. But I tried to show that there are ladies in the market, you know, that, who are leading uh, the real estate industry as well. So I, w- I want, I have an initiative to, to put together, which is women in real estate. And I would love to have that platform where women in real estate get the support they need. Uh, they get uh, the guidance they need. They get uh, someone who's been in the market for 15 years like me or someone else for 20 years or 25 to, to give them the help and the tips and the guide uh, guiding that they need. Because I'm sure they're feeling scared. I'm sure they're feeling overwhelmed, intimidated by the competition. We just have to support each other. And uh, it's, a, it's a difficult one. But I think we're capable of doing it. The world is changing. And I think now we're supporting each other more than ever before. You were saying how you're often invited to join panel discussions and conferences where you obviously bring your expertise to educate and inspire the attendees. But on the other side, who has been your role models and who served you as a source of inspiration as a woman, as a mother and as a professional? Every successful woman inspires me, to be honest. I, uh, throughout my career, I was younger. I didn't understand a lot of things. So I was just me fighting, you know, just me. I don't know what was that. It was burning passion inside of me. It was, um, so it, at first it was me. And when I started learning the world and learning about the world, I looked at women, a lot of them. I mean, just recently in February, I attended the Women's, um, Interna- the, the Women's International Forum that was held here in Dubai. And I couldn't believe myself because I was sitting in a crowd and in front of me was um, Theresa May speaking. There was um, successful women, Danielle Henkel from Canada, Uh, there was a little girl who started something at a very young age uh, from Hong Kong. There was um, Christina, uh, Kurlike- well, sorry. Christina Kurlikieva uh, from the IMF, uh, which they had to bend the rules to make her a managing director because her age, uh, she was already older than the, the age uh, limit. And uh, Christiane Lagarde had to really change the rules And you see how amazing how a woman is supporting another woman. That's another amazing story uh, to be told. So every woman who even, there are so many women, to be honest, every woman who had worked hard, who had made a name for herself, who had stood by a cause, not only for herself, but for others. Every woman, every mother who wakes up every morning and fights, every morning in and out to look at look after her house and her kids and if she works or not it doesn't matter but she's every day waking up 
and building society with every word she says, with every move she takes, with everything she's building society because she's building the next generation. So yeah, I have respect uh, for every woman that's out there. Um, I have a daughter, so I'm looking up to her as well. I'm seeing her every day growing and developing and she's looking up to me. So I, I have to be very careful on what I say and what I do. And I really want her to succeed in the future. Um, so yeah, women inspire women, I would say. Thank you, Dunia. I couldn't agree more. This is truly the core message of Unlimited, which brings me to our final question. What message do you have for all uh, Unlimited women and mothers uh, listening today? And last but not least, uh, our paramount question, what does Unlimited mean to you? Unlimited means to me is no dream is too big and no goal is too big. You just have to break it down and you have to be focused you know you have to focus on what you want to achieve it doesn't I did not dream of myself when I first started my work I did not see myself becoming the chief operating officer of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services I did not see myself as a mother I I saw myself a la- like I could picture that lady but I didn't know what that lady was doing you know mm-hmm. uh, but I worked my way up as I was going step by step I was figuring out the next step but I knew what the ultimate goal is so Focus and perseverance helped me get to what I want. Nothing would uh, disturb my focus. Nothing. No matter what. It's financial crisis. It's a problem at home. It's a challenge at work. It's uh, nothing. Uh, giving birth. Nothing would disturb that focus or would uh, distract that focus from where it wanted to uh, get. Yes, you will have changes along the way. Yes, you will have hiccups. Yes, you will have problems. Yes, But consider the other side that you're going to see when you get up there. You know, it's a totally different perspective uh, altogether. So my, my message to the young girls or even the, the women who are sitting doubting themselves right now saying, oh, but I can't do it. But she had 15 years to get it done. Or she and I look at other women like, oh, but she's 65 and she had all her 45 years to do what she's done. No, you can do it. It doesn't matter. You just have to take the initiative and you have to be confident. There is one big issue in us women that we underestimate ourselves. We are stronger than we think. We are smarter than we think. And we are really capable of doing amazing things. So we really just have to believe in ourselves, work hard and stay focused. That's all. Wow. It sounds so simple, but it's not as simple to put it in practice. That's what maybe some people would be talking now saying, but believe me, it's not simple. It's you were going to have days that you're going to wake up and you don't want to do this. I mean, there were mornings I woke up and I was like, what am I doing? Why can't I just be a regular girl? Not so ambitious, not so, you know, after success. But then I would do that for a day or two. And then what do I do after that? You know, the joy that you get from uh, just being around my team, for example, inspiring each other, uh, helping them. They're helping me somehow. It's, it's just, it's amazing. And then your kids look up to you and say, okay, look at this woman. She's fighting. I want to be like, a lot of things. You don't know what you're contributing to society by just being active in it, you know? Um, so I would say, be confident. Go out there. Don't doubt yourself. And believe me, when I go onto panels, and like I told you before, and when I go on TV or into having to speak in front of a lot of people, I'm, I, I am shaky and I am 
breathless and I'm, but I get it done because what if I don't want to get, what if, if I don't do this, then what, what could have been the situation? I don't want to sit wonder. I want to find out for myself. Wonderful. Honestly, thank you so much, Dunia. So inspiring. And what you're doing is so inspiring too, Daniela, because you're <laughs> trying to get these stories out there to, you know, you never know who's going to listen. And that's exactly our mission. So once again, thank you so much, Dunia, for joining us today at Unlimited. And thank you for telling us your story. Thank you for listening. We hope you found it inspiring and fulfilling. Please subscribe to Unlimited on your favorite podcast app so you won't miss out on our next stories. To learn more about our content, please log on to our website and follow us at unlimited.me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and help us building a truly unlimited community. Thank you.